So good morning, everybody. It's been it's been a busy week already in May Conscious Land, and today what I wanted to do is um, yesterday we we harmonized everything from the level of breath, and then all the way in to thoughts, and then touched on the soul. And what I'm really filling my awareness with right now is um, what Amor calls magnetizing harmonious uh, alignment, collaborators, resources with this work. And uh, we've been working on this presentation. And I don't know how it became called a deck but it's a presentation of what it is that you do. And I've been thinking a lot and feeling a lot about how these tools communicate. And I remember many conversations I used to have with a friend of mine named Mark Trippetti. I'll send him this meditation. And when we were studying Buddhism, he was really struggling with this idea that according to the Buddhist teachings, whatever beautiful piece of graphic design he made was fundamentally empty of working from its own side, that it had no self nature of being a really good design, that it really depended on the karma of his client to actually be able to, to find use for it or for it to work. And he was really like, no, no, like there has to be self-existently good design <laughs> that self-existently works. In other words, like, because that's what I'm selling, my whole ad company. He was very successful. He had a company called Turf. And he's like, fundamentally, um, oh my God, and I can't believe you just signed on. I'm talking about Mark Trippetti and conscious branding. <laughs> Anna Kim was actually on the team that, that um, worked on the branding for my yoga company. And so this idea that somehow there was some self-existent good design that would work. And this was so difficult for him as he was studying Buddhism because his whole professional life was grounded upon this idea that yes, there is good design that works and there's bad design that doesn't work. <laughs> and um, as I've been, you know, working with Tim and Mark and all of these branding experts over the years, it's like, how do we use these worldly tools, these exterior tools, but understand that fundamentally, they don't work the way we think they do. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are like following this Oatly commercial thing, but apparently Oatly released a really, really, really bad, really, really, really good Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Some people think it's an amazing commercial. Some people think it's terrible. So what actually makes it function? And so I had this conversation with Amor a couple of days ago and I was like, you know, Amor, we have to go through the process of making this deck, but it really, it's already, it's already done. Like it's already working. It's, it's like, they're already there. So it's almost like, how can we get the harmonic resonance in place so that the design is growing around the energy that's already there. And so it's this, um, you can say it's this intersection. The way we view the world is we think of it as a physical substance and that somehow that material thing works. And one of the ways that I was taught subtle energy is that it's the reverse from the karma, from the seed, it grows out and becomes, um, you can say, an expression of subtle energy. That subtle energy becomes more and more material until it manifests into some, you can say, visible thing. And so or it's the reverse of what it appears to be. <laughs> and I, um, and so we're going to work on that today of simultaneously dismantling how we think our quote-unquote work works so that we can really amplify and empower the subtle energy level 
that is able to mm, create a deeper, more coherent armature for all of our external communication that will serve to magnetize it further. I think this is, there's so many things that are at the core of the work, but I think this is, this is one of them, which is how do we get that deep inner coherence such that it's not that the outer work doesn't matter. It's that it doesn't get in the way of what we're trying to do or trying to be or being. Let's see, what else do I have to say? I think that's good. So um, let's go. I'm trying out a new mic. So Anna Page. More, you can let me know how it is. So when you're ready, you can come and sit in meditation. And we will be, as we do every morning, getting to know the inner levels of consciousness and reorienting ourselves from a superficial relationship to them to a immersive relationship. So today, instead of starting with the breath, close your eyes. And I wanted to start just with the feeling of your seat on the floor. And just feel where the edge of your body touches the floor. Zoom into that edge where your buttocks, your sides, your feet, the rug, the floor, that relationship. How do you understand this edge? between your body and your home, the floor and your flesh. We'll do an analytical meditation. We'll zoom into this edge, this edge of ground, grounding. And just look, observe. How do you think this quote unquote works? Sitting. You are sitting, you are watching yourself sit. Looking at the buttocks, press into the floor feeling the floor support, the edge of your buttocks, the inner size, the outer size. And start by looking at how you are taught that this works. We are taught from a young age that things are governed by physical laws, that we are made of matter. And that we are taught that this experience is your material body made of 
flesh and blood and bone sitting on a solid house with a floor. And it exists. We are taught that it exists independently of your, you can say your karma, of your karma to perceive such a reality. It's not that this reality is not true. It is true. This is truth for so many people. But it's not ultimate truth. The Buddhists call this a deceptive reality. It's still real, but it's a deceptive reality. And how does it deceive you? As you look at how you have been conditioned to understand this simple experience, the floor in your body, as you look at this conditioning, you must look at how it is deceiving you. Why did the Buddhists call this deceptive? You don't have to do anything. You just observe. How am I identifying, constructing, the materialist paradigm that everything is solid, fixed, unchanging. Underlying all of this is this belief that it is unchanging. The floor is always going to be the floor. Your body is always going to be like this. If you were aware that this was not solid, that this was changing, you would not get upset anytime your home misbehaved or your body did something it wasn't supposed to do, like age or put on pounds. We are trapped by these extremely limiting notions that we have been conditioned to believe is true. the process of listening allows us to start to dismantle. But first it starts to allow us to hear and see what we have to let go of if we want to grow we want to transform. So as you listen, 
as you observe, sits. I want you to feel how attached you are of this We all have little body neuroses, little obsessions. This nail must look a certain way or else I can't function. A lot of my friends have like mani petty limits, like up to a week and then I've got to get my nails done or else it's not gonna work. I think it's really sweet, but it might not, it might be something worth examining. I think it's a wonderful practice to adorn the body and take care of it. But let's look at that. How much of it is coming from a place of deep attachment? Control. And as we go before we drop inside the inner landscape, even just looking at your relationship to your physical form starts to soften, soften that level. Before we can move into prana, if you want to feel prana, you've got to keep finding ways to let go, to soften how you are identifying with the gross physical body. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's how you're identifying it as you, as an unchanging fixed you. Look at your attachment to your style, your personal brand. We all have one. We all, ever since to survive high school, you have to have one. You have to position yourself relative to your culture, dress a certain way to fit in with your peer group. And you've evolved that since you were a teenager. Even before. That belief system, that that is you, it's entrenched. This is just, we're not dismantling this. We're just, even just the act of acknowledging that this is a huge part of what is 
keeping things stuck in your life is an attachment to an ancient high school construct. Attachment, attachment to even deeper constructs of identity. Just allowing them to surface. Feeling them like bubble to the surface of your awareness. And just allow each one to arise and let them go, like let them leave your awareness. It rises, you're like, hmm, I see that. That's not me. That's also not useful. Just let it go. No big deal. Little by little, just softening the grip of old narratives. And as you release one, it's like more come up ready to release. Just keep going. Just keep going. And as you keep going, there's like a resonance, a spaciousness that starts to arise. And then I'm just gonna chant the mantra Om to facilitate your clearing. Just allowing those few minutes of listening and release to settle and feeling that spaciousness in your body, around your body. Right? So we started at the edge condition, looked at the construct as we started releasing, I want you to feel how you feel both more space in the biofield, the auric field around you. And it's like there is more access to the inner landscape as well. And so just feel that softening of the physical body, like it's dissolving into subtle energy. 
As you release the stranglehold of constructs, it's like your temples relax, your jaw relax. And you can start to feel the resonance of the energetic body. Dropping into that energetic body. And that feeling of entry, that feeling of that, it's like you're, instead of listening to material, physical reality, all of a sudden you're shifting to energy. That is a massive paradigm shift. Some people go through their whole lives never experiencing that. And so they never change. I mean, of course they change, it's changing things, but there isn't a conscious transformation. So as you travel from the material to the energetic, that is the crossing from listening to transformation. Mantra, right? crossing over sound sound facilitates that as you drop into energy transformation begins And so I'll chant the first letter of the Sanskrit alphabet. And in the mantra, Om Ahom. Ah is the, the beginning of, of transformation, the beginning of the revelation of all manifest reality in the form of sound. begins alpha right alphabet alpha begins goes into beta now we go into beta testing alpha beta sanskrit it's a little different goes from ah to i So as you drop into the energy body, you bring that same listening to begin the transformation. But now the listening is at the level of energy. 
And so what you listen to, it's like that wave particle interface. It starts to change the moment you see it. It moves so much faster than material reality. It's quantum reality. It's the level at which the yogis work, the level of energy. How do you know that you're here? Sound awakens. You're in a soundscape. You're in a resonant scape. You're in a vibratory landscape. That's why the practice of mantra, chanting, sound, healing, are so potent. They hold you at the level of subtle energy. They hold you there long enough so that you stay for the transformation to occur. So many hours just repeating mantra right? in my retreats. You just stay with it. You don't know where the resonance will take you, but that field of resonance cleanses, detoxifies, your subtle energy body. And so I'm bringing into the field, visualize this rainbow container. And it's like sound itself holding you at the level of energy. Mantra Omahum Ah is like a instigator to transformation. It sets off a chain reaction. In it, after it, follows all the sounds that create the universe. From this primal sound, Ah. So as I take us through that field of resonance, just be held, consciously hold the container for transformation and allow the paradigm of the Sanskrit alphabet, that's what it is, it's an energetic paradigm, to be a mirror 
to your own energy body. And in Paige's language, you can template off of it. You can, through that mirror, there's a deep opportunity for coherent coherence, for coherence. Before I start, just one thing about coherence. It describes how two water molecules align with the two Mickey Mouse ears of H2O. Those H's connect, right? If you ever see two drops of water connect, they cohere. It's the energy of the water element that aligns. We are made of mostly water, water element. So as the Sanskrit alphabet flows through this container, allow the flow to be a process of coherence. Ah, ah, e, e, u, u, a, i, o, ow, um, ah, r, 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 ka, ka, ga, ga, ga. It feels like the final stomp of a ritual dance. And so it is, so it is complete. The alpha to the omega. And your subtle body is in resonance with the cosmos, just like that, attuned to the paradigm. Of harmony, that's what the Sanskrit alphabet is. It's the root of communication with the divine. It's called the language of light, the language of the gods. It attunes you, it magnetizes you to divine intervention, to the divine frequency. And now this field, we're like honey to bees. You feel it activating the field around you. Ha. Ah. 
And as you hold the transmission of sound in your field, feel it magnetize every edge of your body, mind, biofield, auric field. You're scintillating, right? scintillate. Comes from the same root, chit, same root as conscious. A conscious being scintillates with energy and light. The Sanskrit root of consciousness, scintillate, is chit, which means to shine. Your aura is shining. Just feel the light frequency vibrating around you. Magnetize the level next to the auric field, resource, genius, spiritual guides, mentors, investors, clients, students, friends, collaborators, whatever it is that you need to shine. You just shine and it shows up. There is no preparation that you have to do before you can shine. There is no deck you have to present before you have to shine. There is no five, 10 phone calls that need to lay the ground, that's all procrastination. You just scintillate. You are conscious, you are conscious. And your luminosity calls in everything else that is luminous. And you feel the shine together. You feel that light start to pour in as you meet and feel that it's like you just traveled or you just felt another solar system touch yours. That's what it feels like. It's not just another moon or another planet. It's another solar system, another galaxy. That comes to support yours. It's right there. Hung. It is activated. Om. Ah. Hung.
That is the transmission of light in the Sanskrit alphabet brings that is encapsulated in Omahum, the mantra of protection, of anchoring, and of blessing. It also protects your body, speech, and mind. And you may ask, protects from what? Protects you from 753. The moment this container opens, slippage occurs. You start believing in this fixed material reality again. not that that isn't out there or that isn't true. It's from where do you choose to operate? At the level of results or at the level of causes? At the level of darkness or the level of light? Protect your coherence. Om, ah, hung. So it's 7.51. Some of you may stay here for quite a bit longer as your physical body meets your energy body you give it time to reorganize so it's like before you get up to move you consciously Allow the physical body to respond to your light body, your energy body, and you live your life from there. Learning to live in the subtle body. People often ask, what did you learn in deep retreat? I learned how to live in the subtle body. And now I'm trying. to expand that into how the world lives in the subtle body.
because I see that as the only way that we can change. So that's the it's the mission of this work through our own embodiment, through our own grounding in the subtle body, that as we work in the world, the worldview shifts. So I'm so grateful for all of you for showing up every morning, doing this work together with us. And uh, onwards. I know most of you, I sent you out into the galaxy. So take your time, <laughs> come back whenever you can. And we'll see you tomorrow. Ciao.